Welcome to the IPX True North Podcast, where we connect people, processes, and tools. I'm your host, Chris Anderson. Today, we're going to be talking about the case for organizational change management. What's at stake when people aren't put first? We have two experts of OCM today on the show, Brandy Taylor, who's the Director of Program Management, and Michael Benning, who's the Executive Director of True North Enterprise Calibrations. Welcome to the show today, guys. Thanks. Hi, Chris. Great to be with you. Absolutely. So we're excited to dig into organizational change management, but first would love for you each to kind of give a high level of uh, what has gotten you into OCM nowadays. So Brandy, we'll start with you. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll talk a little bit about what OCM really is, and I think that'll help set the precedence for the conversation today. So, you know, all organizations, they must go through changes over time. You know, that could range from individual process changes up to maybe a larger scale transformation for per se, so or even a new CO. So when a major transition like that occurs, whether it's with your tools, your processes, or your people, The business must ensure that the day-to-day operations run smoothly and employees will adopt to those changes. So even well-planned and executed projects can fail when you haven't fully considered the people or the softer side of the project. So that's where, you know, Mike and I come in is when we're supporting, you know, change management projects within processes, et cetera. You know, you really got to make sure that you are not just focusing on the tool per se, but also the people side of the project to make sure there's success. Brandy, thank you for sharing that. And, And now we'll bring up Michael so he can share a little bit about his background within OCM. Great. Um, hey, Chris and Brady, uh, it's great to be with you guys. Um, yeah, a little bit about uh, a little bit about me. Um, my name is Michael Benning, and uh, much of my background is uh, is in the oil and gas sector. And uh, you know, I think for me, one of the big things when I think about OCM and and its place in in creating change, creates particularly large scale ones, transformational types of changes. It's really, you know, the best idea, the best solution is is no guarantee of of success. Um, you know, I think about, you know, current example what might be that that many of us can relate to is we now have you know multiple coronavirus vaccines with uh, um, really ninety plus percent efficacy, and this is a, a tremendous uh, and an amazing achievement. Um, but you know, we're 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 maybe learning that there's some reluctance out there. Uh, to to take the vaccine, and so this is uh, an enormous problem and, and a challenge, and maybe enough of a challenge to to differentiate success from failure, or at least the the extent to which these vaccines can be successful. And so, for me, that's a great example of where organizational change management or OCM, where OCM fits, and uh, and why it's so incri- uh, critical to success to consider. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think those are good. Uh, kind of examples of why it is so critical. I would love to hear kind of more if you guys want to kind of hash that out. Why is OCM so important? Kind of dig deeper into that kind of question. Sure. Uh, organizational change management to me is is really key to 
maintaining a positive and a happy work culture per se. So when a change is pushed out on employees, I'm sure everyone's dealt with that in their their work lives. Um, without establishing a trusting and supporting environment, you know, the organization's culture could suffer for that. So it's just human nature to resist doing something differently. Everyone agrees, you know, change is hard. We've all heard that. People are busy. You know, we all want to take the path of least resistance in our work environment. You know, we, we really cling to the most efficient and effective way that we know how to work. So I think we have become confident in mastering the tried and true methods of accomplishing work as we do it today. So in order to adopt a change to our ways of working, I think we as humans really need to understand, you know, the who, the what, the when, the how, you know, and, and what is the, the, the compelling case for changing. So I think we need to see alignment at the upper levels. Uh, and what might be especially important is understanding maybe the repercussions of not changing. Um, because if we don't understand all of those aspects, you know, I think we all know some people um, can and will identify loopholes and, and workarounds potentially to those changes. And I think what you mentioned there, that there, people are going to find those loopholes. So when that happens, what could fail um, or what could be negatively impacted when people don't have organizational change management implemented well? You know, I think for me, one of the things I would highlight, Chris, is, uh, you know, unfortunately, people can have long memories. And I think, you know, there there can be when, when uh, you know, change initiatives struggle when they fail, um, you know, there, there may be the potential for goodwill to be lost. And it makes the next uh, opportunity a bit more difficult to, to chase. Uh, people can be uh, somewhat skeptical. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I think, you know, experienced employees lose trust. You know, leaders lose employee loyalty. Uh, people feel that they don't have an important voice um, and, and they may even feel irrelevant at times. And so I think fostering a culture of really valuing people really goes far in enabling larger scale changes um, for at any time of any size within an organization. But Chris, I want to before you before you move on. I think I want to flip that question and, and 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 you know look at it from the other lens. What what does OCM done well look like? And I think for me, at the the shortest way and uh, simplest way to think about it, I think it takes people from participants who might be somewhat reluctant and turns those uh, individuals into into highly engaged leaders and supporters of of change initiatives. That's what OCM done well does. Yeah, I think that's a good way to kind of reverse the question, seeing from both aspects, like what does happen if it's done wrong, you lose trust, you lose kind of that cheering on of those within the organization. And then when it's done well, it come like raving fans and really big proponents of the initiatives. Yep. And so with that, I'm sure there's a lot of ins and outs when it comes to managing OCM for a large project or, or transformation within a, a company. How do you suggest companies manage the OCM within these projects? You know, I th you know I'm going to go back to something Brandy said that that to me is is where it begins and and really sets the stage. And you know, she talked a little bit about the why, um, and I think really making that clear for an organization um, why this is worth investing in and um, and and what's at stake, uh, be it uh, a, an opportunity, value, or you know, preventing something, uh, some sort of bad outcome. Um, but I think why is this change a priority, and what's at stake, and what does it mean? So I think it really begins with the why, um, and then you know, really making clear um, how people are impacted from 
behaviors, how leaders show up, um, and 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 um, and but also roles and responsibilities organizationally. How does this uh, change? How does it fit with uh, with the design intent of the organization? And and how are teams and individuals meant to interact uh, differently compared to how we used to operate? Yeah, I think you know I would suggest you know for a company of how are they supposed to manage OCM. You know, in order to manage it well, I think you need to treat it like a standalone parallel project as well. You know, you must plan and budget and allocate the proper resources. You know, thinking about it from like a program management standpoint, the program manager needs to be focused on the technical aspects of a project or the transformation or the change. So allocating a separate, maybe dedicated lead over OCM on something that's a large scale project um, could really be key to the success of the OCM piece. Those are good points. And Michael, I liked how you stated, starting with the why, kind of getting into that deep rooted reason for it. And I don't know if either of you have read Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, or if you know who he is, but he's in the leadership field. Uh, and just figuring out that deep rooted reason. And he, and he talks about um, Apple and how they don't talk about what great computers they have, but they talk about what change their products can bring to the lives of people using it. So I think that was a really good point you made with that and with OCM. When we take these steps, we, we start with why, realize how it impacts people, their roles and responsibilities, and then seeing it, Brandy, like you said, as a standalone project. With that, how do, how do you know, how do companies know if they've done a good job with OCM? You know, I often hear people say that an organizational change is successful if if everyone's bought in, you know, I hear that term bought in a lot. So I think I personally think it needs to be more than that. You know, don't stop there. Bought in to me means that people understand and will even support the change, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what I would um, aspire to is maybe to aim for true adoption. And to me, that means that your employees and your leaders are active and they're willing contributors to the success of the change. They feel heard, they feel empowered, they feel supported. Um, they know where to communicate, uh, where to be heard and valued. You know, they're, they're really interested in being a part of the project and understand those long-term benefits to the company when asked. Um, and to me, that that means that understanding is at all levels of the organization. So what does it mean for me specifically as an employee? Um, you know, success, I think, in a nutshell, is just means that you see true engagement, not simply that one way communication. I think if you've got the level of engagement and ownership that Brandy's describing, it's it's pretty difficult uh, to stop uh, a success in that case. Having that that true adoption, like you mentioned, Brandy, just that kind of all in that raving fan type thing. Like we want, we want this to succeed. We want to be a part of that. I think is a good metric seeing people active and contributing for sure. So how can listeners utilize the principles of OCM in their daily lives? To me, I think OCM is really important for everybody um, in their daily lives. And I'm not sure people are mindful of this. So everyone manages projects, you know, within their daily lives. Every task is a mini project per se. And, you know, we really are all leaders to those around us every day. So the best way to take OCM principles into our daily lives is 
just to simply consider people in everything that we do. And I think that's, you know, good emotional intelligence, you know, starting with clear and concise communication, um, documented and verbal, um, and ensuring that the information is, is really accurate before communicating. So stick with the facts. You know, I think you often hear a lot of the water cooler discussions around the office where people are having discussions, but they don't really know what's going on. So it's a lot of gossip. So um, stick with the facts. You know, I think you should tell leaders and peers what you need Need to be successful and and let's just do our best at maintaining a can-do attitude. Brandy said it very well. I think um, you know I would just emphasize something she said. I think uh, you know the communication piece, and I think um, you know uh, many of us are guilty of of uh, of not communicating enough. You know, just checking in regularly. I think it's difficult to over communicate, and I know it's 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 something that uh, that a lot of folks struggle with, myself included. They get busy with other things. Yeah, I think uh, utilizing OCM in daily lives, I think to be able to see people as they are, that emotional intelligence and sticking with the facts, we could all benefit from doing that more with with what we have going on in our lives. I think, one, it can increase what we're doing, the results we get, and the impact we can make, because it kind of has a lot to do with leadership. What would you say to leadership who they're maybe not wanting to fund or allocate resources or time to OCM? Unfortunately, Chris, this is something um, that we encounter uh, quite a bit. Um, and, you know, it, um, you know, I guess specifically, I would, I would encourage leaders to, uh, to do a bit of homework on this. There's, there's uh, an awful lot of uh, material out there um, that, that speaks to this in terms of, uh, uh, of hard numbers, in terms of, uh Projects that don't that that don't address this adequately and 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 how that translates into into poor results. So, um, you know, don't take don't take my word for it. Um, you know, do do a bit of homework there. Um, but you know, fortunately or unfortunately, there's a lot of leaders out there who who have uh, learned this lesson. You know, everything always comes down to an ROI. It just does. I think that's you know how companies um you know are profitable. So, but I I would like to also think again, like great leaders need to have good emotional intelligence. So there must be a balance between the people processes and the tools. So I would probably ask them, you know, what, what is the ROI if your expensive transformation does not go smoothly or as planned or as delayed? So it really comes down to solid program management principles. You know, there is a person side of that in general. So doing it right the first time is always more efficient, effective, and predictable over managing a project that ends up, you know, full of corrective action or uh, recycling some of that work or intervention resources uh, because you haven't communicated well uh, on the front side. So so um, I guess I would recommend that people need to socialize and network with others, um, maybe at other companies who have been through similar transformations or similar projects and just learn from their experience and, and see uh, how much effort that they put into the OCM side of things and how it worked out for them. Yeah. And how you mentioned balancing the people processes and tools, I think it's so big. And with that ROI, like looking into that, yeah, if you're going and trying to have this transformation, this project going on, but you don't want to invest in maybe a tool or a company or a product that can help you do it right the first time, then you're going to end up spending so much more trying to clean up the mess or figure out the the leaks in the system. So those products, like you said, make it predictable. And so you can measure that a lot simpler and have the outcome you want with that. Um, and so with IPX, they help organizations accomplish this, right? They They help accomplish OCM. Is that right? Yes, absolutely right. IPX can 
you know, view your organization objectively. So we can see it with fresh eyes, you know, we can see uh, what needs to be done to help support, you know, um, successful transformation within your organization. You know, sometimes people get very tied and emotional. Um, and so having a, a third perspective can be very helpful. Uh, we can allow your technical people to focus on what they do best uh, and allow IPX to lay out a communication and rollout plan that really includes some proper socialization, the right information, the documentation, training, uh, even requirements gathering, you know, in, in all the functional domains um, that can really ensure a comprehensive involvement at all the levels. So, uh, I, you know, I know Mike and I have been a part of some of this and, and we've helped a number of organizations be successful, um, you know, so IPEX can connect you with others who are go going through a similar journey. So, so everyone can network and, and learn off each other's um, lessons learned. You know, um, Brandy mentioned, uh, you know, the uh, third party uh, uh, perspective. And I think I want to build on that just a bit. I think, you know, one of the areas that we see clients struggle often when they come managing change is uh, is managing well the cultural piece. Um, and sometimes it's a, there's an issue of force for the tree. Sometimes a client doesn't fully uh, appreciate uh, both the strengths and the weaknesses of their organizational culture. And uh, having a fresh perspective um, who can compare and contrast uh, with, with uh, you know, other organizations and identify quickly those strengths and weaknesses, obviously to leverage those strengths, but really to think about um, what are the cultural implications of this change in terms of, uh, uh, of leadership, in terms of uh, organizational behaviors uh, across multiple levels? Are organizations more results-oriented or are they more process-oriented, for example? Are they uh, consensus-driven or more hierarchical? These are uh, have often important implications to um, uh, implementing a change robustly. I think it's good to have that unbiased opinion uh, coming in uh, for whatever project because it's just a different look on it. Just getting that advice direction from someone who has the no emotional attachment per se. So with that, so what advice could you give the listeners who might be considering OCM for a 2021 project or a large scale transformation in their workplace? You know, I think I would start with thinking about the right person. You know, I think you need that person who has trust at all levels of the organization. Uh, they need to understand the user pain points um, from the bottoms up and been there and lived it. So they, they also... Um, you know, you need to be a good communicator. Uh, you need to be able to communicate at the lower levels of the organization as well as executive level. Uh, you need to be able to handle a little bit of conflict. You know, you need to also understand, you know, from a training perspective, I think a lot of companies just stick anyone and say, hey, go ahead and train these people. So how about we take a quick step back and just really think about how do the people need to learn? You know, what's the best way for different cultures, different people of all different levels of how they need to receive the information and learn and absorb, um, you know, and just that person that can really bring credibility to the organization. So if you find that right person, I think they can really be worth their weight in gold in, in, in making OCM successful. Wow, this is going to sound like Brandy and I really are, are really well rehearsed. Um, so she talked a little bit about the leadership aspect. I think for me, I want to go, um, you know, who is part of the team supporting that leader? And I think that can be critically important as well. I think it's, and I'll highlight a couple areas. One is, you know, just the the, the influence, right? You're, you're, you're trying to get 
folks and teams to to behave differently, to execute a different process, to engage slightly differently. And I think who is part of the team, both designing and implementing the change can be critically important. I think change agents, I think there are individuals across organizations who just by their nature tend to be more comfortable with change. They're more comfortable driving it. They're more comfortable leading from the front in that space and, and more um, willing to take a risk on something different. But also, I, I don't think they're alone. I think you want to um, have additional members part of the design and implementation teams who you know, um, have a slightly different perspective. Perhaps they've been uh, burned before uh, with other change initiatives and can bring, you know, a a circumspect sort of perspective there. And I think be able to uh, speak candidly and openly with the organization about what are the risks, what are the challenges, how can we uh, 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 not repeat some of the struggles of, of the past. Folks in that space can often be highly influential. I think having that person in there, having that third party really is going to make a big difference for these projects, for uh, these, these transformational aspects in the workplace in 2021. And so, so where can listeners reach out to both of you guys? Everyone can visit our website at ipxhq.com. Um, Michael and myself are both on LinkedIn, um, and that's underneath the Institute for Process Excellence. And our emails are also pretty simple. So we have Michael at ipxhq.com and Brandy with a Y at ipxhq.com. So, gosh, I would love for someone to reach out to us and ask us some more questions. That'd be kind of fun. Awesome. Well, yeah, guys, definitely reach out, especially if you have questions about OCM. Uh, or have projects coming up this year. So the final question, we kind of want to have a little fun with it. So I'd love to hear your guys' answer to this. Who is the best Batman? The best Batman. Hmm. I'm thinking about criteria. <laughs> hmm. Now, if you said Joker, that would be easy. You know, Jack right. Nichols. Jack Nichols. Yeah. yeah, it's tough to be, right? Yeah. Would it be acceptable to say the Lego Batman? Uh, I think we could accept that, technically, yeah. Can I go with the worst? Can I say Adam West is the worst? Adam West is the worst, you think so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I'd have to go with Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah, I'd yeah. pick Christian Bale. Just, I, I just love Christian Bale. I think you did a good job with that role. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to pick Christian Bale. Really? So awesome. So we got Lego Batman. We got Adam West is the worst for Michael. Awesome, guys. Well, we appreciate you sharing just about OCM today and, and about who your favorite and least favorite Batmans are. And again, if you guys need to connect about OCM or anything else IPX does, IPXHQ.com, and then just get connected with Michael and Brandy. Again, thank you guys for being on the IPX True North podcast. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe and review the show. And for more information on IPX, visit IPXHQ.com.